Hey there, this is Lee Winnell, writer and director of the film Upgrade and the co-creator of Saw and Insidious, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by the fine folks here of Terrorize, which is playing at Shriekfest. We have Delaney Bishop, the director. Hello. I look very white, but I don't know why. Felix Brenner, the producer. Hello. I look very brown. <laughs> you look, everyone's looking good, I think. Uh, we have Richie Briglia. DP, um, how are you? I'm, I'm get, feeling my olive complexion. There you go. I like that we're getting an update on everyone. Yes. So. Barnett O'Hara, uh, who plays Joey. That's right. I am feeling quite tanned and uh, well lit. This is very well, very good. And Alex Miller, who's Brian, also feeling very well lit. <laughs> very good. Like just like terrorize, it could be taken many ways. <laughs> So for people who aren't aware of yet, uh, where yet, could you uh, give people an idea of what Terrorize is, what, what they're in store for? So Terrorize is a, a film that could be classified as found footage, but um, actually has a cinematic camera component. Um, you, it's, it's maybe not so much a spoiler, but the, the cinematic camera is revealed... Well, I don't know. Maybe that is a spoiler. You know, it's I won't even spoil it, but it's 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 debatable whether it's found footage or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, that's that's a, it's a, it's a technical description of what the movie is. That's part of it. But it's about some kids that go on a road trip to the desert. They're on their way to Coachella. They stop in Joshua Tree for a hike. 
um, and are terrorized by two guys. The guys seem to, to find them at multiple stops along the trip. They find them in Palm Springs when they stay at a hotel. They find them in the middle of the desert. And there's just no way that these guys could keep finding them. So there's something else going on. And it's related to a dark website called Terrorize, which documents real incidents of, of, of uh, harassment and accidents and pranks and even death. And so they are on this website without even knowing it. They are, um, they are featured on the website. And these guys that are terrorizing them have something to do with it too. But there's something else on top of all that that's the connecting, um, the glue that connects everything. Yeah. It's interesting you said about, um, you know, found footage, because I had that in my notes. And I've uh, some people have described a movie like this as point of view as, as opposed to found footage. I don't know if that works. Well, point of view. I'm not sure. Is that a, is that a new subcategory? Of, of I don't film? know. I think it's that's a porn that category for sure. Porn <laughs> category. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a Facebook category. I know that. I'd agree with that to a certain extent. Yeah, it's it's fairly POV. You wind up seeing. It might not be the POV you expect it to be, but. Yeah, you, it, it changes the, the found, found footage element or POV element. You know, there are a lot of cameras going all the time. So things are picked up and, you know, you never know when you're being watched these days with, uh, with the state of affairs and closed caption TV and everything that you're always getting filmed someplace. Yeah, uh, listener of the show, I won't say his name, but uh, he got like this weird hack off Facebook where they actually took over his camera. And they were like taking uh, uh, videos, you know, or stills anyway, off. It was very, very weird. And th- that was actually pretty scary to me that, you know, that could even happen. He clicked the link he shouldn't have, but still uh, is weird. I was watching the news of um, this, this, this YouTuber, YouTube chick that disappeared, that her boyfriend apparently killed her or something. And, and I just, for a minute, I thought we were just watching our movie, you know, it's just. Oh it's just it's basically what's happening you know showing everybody's internet clips and crimes happening in real time and reporting of it it's pretty wild yeah, that whole aspect of the movie does seem like you know something that's you know really not that far-fetched that there would be a website like this and that it would be very popular that's that's part of why i feel that there's a a significant cultural element right now. I mean, everybody's carrying a cell phone around. Everybody's either live posting or has a, has a feed going and putting up TikTok videos, etc. And, you know, you, you see a lot of that even in the movie, you know, some of the characters, one of the young ladies in it, she has an active apparent Twitter following or, uh, you know, a social media following like that. And yeah, it just proves how easy it is if you keep on geolocating yourself and you know posting where you at, where you are for anybody to you know start terrorizing you. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the di- back in the early days of the show, I used to give out my home address for people to send stuff, and my co-host at the time, Annabelle, was like, "That's not you know very smart thing to do." <laughs> now with a PO box up. But. I love your uh, thing poster. I um. I listened to a, a podcast called Blank Check, and they just did the thing. Richie. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's actually the Thing board game, which I highly recommend. It's a very fun uh, game. 
I heard the games are canon. Like the video games are definitely part really? of. Yeah, maybe the board game is canon. Yeah, board. Uh, you play all the characters, and uh, it it's like the movie really builds a sense of a uh, paranoia because one or more players may or may not be the thing, and if you are the thing, you try to sabotage everybody and. And then if you think one of the players is a thing, you got, all of you guys can vote as other players to kill the player. So we did that once. We were playing. We burned this woman to, uh, to death in the game, you know, not in reality. But I still feel guilty that she didn't end up being the thing. She was just a human, and we, we burned her alive. Was- well, that's kind of – I mean, you see a lot of even um, console and PC video games having – I mean, Predator Hunting Grounds is – pvp but if one person's a predator everybody else is hunting them and uh i, I think uh there's a friday the 13th video game similar where yeah. you can either play one of the kids or play jason so yeah that yeah. was really popular until the big lawsuit you know about who actually owns the rights and so like uh you know, couldn't do any more updates but that was uh super popular for a while that game yeah yeah it was fun too uh so let's go okay. let's see how everyone got involved alex how did you get involved in terrorize Oof. um I mean, there was an audition and I submitted for it um, in LA and I showed up and it was Felix and Delaney in this empty room. And I remember there was a chair in the room and they said, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to take this. And it was like a tire uh, iron, like something to like lock a steering wheel with. And they said, so you're going to jump up on this chair. It's going to be a rock. And jump down and pretend you are killing someone with this tire iron. But we want it to be like a ballet, like a dance. And then I just kind of stood there and was like, okay, is that, is that anything else? Like, do you have any other? And they're like, no, that's it. Go for it. And so I did this ballet-infused murder dance on a chair. And they were like, cool, thanks. And I left, and I was like, that was the weirdest audition I've ever had. <laughs> Very fun, easy, simple, and I didn't really think much else about it. And then I got it. You a, got it. Yeah, then I got it. What stuck out about uh, about his murder dance? What stuck out about Alex's murder dance? <laughs> he must have, um, I mean, he must have been a dancer, uh, and he... Uh, or a murderer. Yeah, or a murderer, that's <laughs> Very elegant one. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, we couldn't stop watching his video, and we all uh, we all learned his dance. He doesn't know this yet, but we all do his dance. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to do a little. Uh, yeah, we should we should get a, a group uh, rendition of this at some point. Yeah, dance is canon. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, just like the board game. <laughs> Oddly enough, it's canon for the thing, which no one understands that part, but. Uh, Richard, how did you get involved? Well, a lot like Alex, it was this uh, situation where uh, I met up with Delaney and Felix, and they said, you know, there's going to be a lot of POV work, so they made me basically wear the wardrobe of each character to see if I could really fulfill the duties of having the point of view. So I had to wear a bikini, had to wear heels, and as long as I could keep the camera in a traditional real way, then I got the gig. So, so. Uh, him and his bikini days are my favorite days. On yeah, set, so, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, I, I got in shape for the film. I didn't, you know, I, I wanted to look right now. Now Delaney and I have uh, known each other for about, well, I should say 
I get working and knowing each other for about 15 years or so. And same thing with Felix. I've known Felix for probably about 12 years or something like that. So, so we had some history. So I kind of knew about this film as they were, you know, writing and preparing and, you know, this thing, you know, we had this thing and we're, it was kind of going back and forth and like most independent films, you know, it, it took several years before it really, you know, became, you know, solid. So it's just a relationship I had with these guys and we talked a lot um, before the script was written, talked a lot while the script was written. And then um, when it was finally finished, like, okay, how do we, um, how do we execute? How do we get it done? And so, yeah, been around for a long time. <laughs> and uh, Barnett, how did you get involved? Oh, sorry. If you well, were. no, uh, I was, I was introduced to Delaney kind of early in the process and, um, we hit it off. We, we talked a lot about the, uh, the character and the script and I I really felt an affinity for the material um I wasn't exactly sure what he wanted to use me for initially um so I kind of let that be open I think he had an idea for what he ultimately saw me doing um but then you know I, I had read the script and I mean there there are a number of characters in there that I'd totally be willing to play so I, it was um really fun when he when i found out that i you know play um i don't know how much i'm allowed to spoil am i allowed to say what i play who i play um uh you know one of what i guess one of the antagonists yeah um you find that out pretty early um and it was it was a lot of fun just because because of the realism because of the aspect i didn't have to do a lot of uh i didn't have to search a lot like that's really creepy shit to be going on you know what i mean like getting followed in joshua we've always we've all worried about it. we've heard something you know go creak in the night and wondered if somebody actually is out there dude I, I i i thought i was getting followed on the freeway last night but maybe i'm just paranoid i don't know uh but yeah i, I also auditioned and uh went in i think it was a couple of people in that audition room and um ultimately once it once it got going uh found out i'd gotten the part so yeah. Uh, do you remember what your did you have to dance for your audition too, or was it a? Oh, uh, I think everybody had to dance. I uh, I prepared a <laughs> soliloquy and a waltz. Um, specifically, it was like a four step waltz. So I had to. Delaney was my partner for it. I didn't know he had moves like that. I really didn't. I brought him dancing shoes, and he really filled them. I got to tell you. <laughs> I will say that with Barnett, we had um, there's a pretty strong character car. You know the the, the red Corvette. And um, it really fit Barnett, like looking at him and looking at the car. I think we both thought that the two of them together just really worked. And that was a huge part of it. Um, like when the car showed up on set, Barnett like nearly lost his shit and was like, this is so fucking cool. And he was so happy and we we're like, awesome. You know, it just it really clicked. So that was really cool. Yeah, I got, I got to drive a classic Stingray, which was fucking rad. Uh, I was mortified that I'd crash it um, at any given moment. But, yeah, you know, we I all were. Not, I, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Just bold levels of confidence on that set, let me tell you. No, um, I'd driven a stick for a while, but nothing that cool. And I really wanted to, to drive. I mean, the, the car is a character in and of itself, you know? Like, it's kind of got its own, I mean, like, you know, it's his baby. It's my character's baby. So there's a lot of love that goes into that thing. I mean, he can be defined by the car <laughs> in many ways. 
Uh, Felix, now did you know Delaney before the movie, I assume? Yeah, we've known each other for quite a while. We, we grew up together, same neighborhood, and used to skateboard in the streets of Hollywood and do all kinds of stuff like that together. So this is one, this is one of multiple things that we've, we've worked on. And How long past. ago did like the idea, like, you know, we're going to make movies when you're, when was it back then when you guys were skateboarding? Like when, when did this idea come about? No, I think we had, really, yeah. We had a, like a Felix's brother-in-law. Was that the first thing had a, was a, is an author and he wrote a book on, um, one of the beach boys, Dennis Wilson. And, um, so Felix and, and that guy's name is John and I went um, and we worked on a story for that. And then very quickly, Felix and I transitioned into another um, story idea called Mariachi Paparazzi. And we worked on that script for a while. And then, um, then we did Felix scored a few shorts and, Oh, the Dolly film was before the, the, the Dennis Wilson thing. Um, and Felix scored um, this Death of Salvador Dali film that that I did, and and then the Meter Maid, and then then I think this. I think you know I showed him the script for this, and he produced it and scored it. So no, we as kids we were we were we weren't looking much further than like our uh, our noses and our <laughs> other members, but uh, I don't the. Yeah, that that's it's a little more recent. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is your first uh, feature film, Delaney. Uh, what was it about uh, Terrorize? You're like, when did the idea come? When you're doing the shorts, was the idea like eventually I want to do uh, a feature film? And what was it about Terrorize that you thought you know this is this is what I want to make for the first feature? Yeah, it was. You know, after after the shorts and after doing a lot of film stuff like promos and music videos there are a lot of features you know um that are you know written in some, some that are at some stage or another of being written being conceived being developed being rewritten and then when i um came up with this um after going to joshua tree i um wrote it in the first draft in like three weeks and then um realized oh this could be that thing that you know any first time feature director wants which is something that can be shot for for very low for for cheap um a lot of the other projects didn't have that you know they all required a bit much bigger level of spend so this was this was that thing where it's like okay this this could work and it's not going to cost a lot of money um but you know, before this, there were there are a lot. There still are a lot of bigger projects, that I kind of, you know, in the in the in the drawer and on the computer. But yeah, this was really the one that seemed like, with the resources we have and the um, the style of the the footage, we could we could make it work, and we did. Uh, Alex, before we went live, you uh, you were saying to Richard that like you you Richard didn't actually see you much when you're filming. What what's like the story there? I don't, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Um, I will say that the character I play is very mysterious. Is the word that I will choose to use. Um, 
So there was a lot of aspects where I was kind of secluded from the rest of the cast. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily intentional from Delaney and Felix, like let's, because of the dynamic that my character had with everybody else, but I would kind of just pop in and pop out. So there was a lot of times where I kind of was just this weird creeping figure on the side of the sets, just in the shadows, just kind of waiting and watching which really added to the element of the character that I was playing. So it was kind of interesting from this perspective of being secluded, but, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of, oh yeah, Alex is here. Uh, we forgot all about him. Hey, let, let's bring him in. And then, okay, go sit over there again. So it was this very strange, yeah, to make sense why he was like, oh yeah, it's you. Hey, good to see you again. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how much I'm able to give away. So when you see it, it'll all make sense what I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have to mention longtime listener who's listened to the show since our beginning in 2005, Robert Bedzinski. Whenever I asked for questions, he always asked about upper deckers for years all over my social media <laughs> from, uh, from MySpace and then out of Facebook. And uh, I never asked him because it doesn't make any sense. But as soon as I heard a, an upper decker reference in this, I was like, I can finally <laughs> mention Robert Bedzinski on the show now. That's he asks you about upper deckers. Yeah, he asked me every week to ask the guest a question about an upper decker, or ask like if I ask for questions for us to answer on the show. Every week, it's a, it's always what's upper it, decker. What, what's his name? Robert. Robert Budzinski. Robert Bob Budzinski. Well, we can answer all your upper decker <laughs> questions this afternoon. <laughs> Bobby, let us tell you a story. Has <laughs> Bob seen the movie? Have you, have you told him that? This, I have not told him yet. So if he's watching now, uh, he's going to definitely see it now because uh, he is the fastest. His favorite movie. Yeah, with Upper Deckers. Yeah. Look, you get a shout out and an Upper Decker all in the same city. Exactly. Why not? I mean, how can you refuse that? I mean, it's, and then it can just rain down like an Upper Decker would. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. well, the sequel is called Upper Decker. <laughs> yeah. The Reckoning. <laughs> that could be a category on terrorize you got you know. yeah that would definitely be a pov cam after the fact at least i don't know <laughs> but yeah the rich- I, think, I think it i think i think part of it is you know the funny thing is like that to a certain extent like without giving too much away like the whole idea of the website it can be kind of like what what the user wants it to be so whereas like some guys are going in there looking for like really nasty and viscerally disgusting stuff other people are just looking for pranks like you know a cherry bomb in the toilet or an upper decker or something like that so uh, you could see how that could easily spiral into something where all of a sudden kids that weren't expecting to be hanging out with the big boys are all of a sudden in, in the deep end with the sharks and it is gnarly out there yeah, upper Decker is the gateway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gateway drug. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of those like weird sites, you know, not Reddit, but uh, QAnon, like uh, when I watched the documentary about QAnon on HBO, you know, a lot of those sites, like uh, I forgot the 4chan and stuff started okay, out like that. But then it's like, you know, you're posting like humor that you can't get away with on other things. But then it really spirals to people posting things that are, you know, no one wants to see or, or talk about. Exactly. And that's, and that's kind of why it's so relevant. All of a sudden, like we made this movie, you know, kind of without all, of, you know, it was made kind of like mid 
you know, through, over the last few years, as this whole, you know, paranoia thing has happened, it's just fomented more into the movie. So it's rad. Did the pandemic uh, interfere with the making of the movie? I assume uh, probably, you know, getting it out there once you guys were done. No, it really, it's like the festival thing was kind of a, um, a bummer because we were just ready for festivals when the pandemic hit. So we used that time to, to talk to sales reps and distributors. Um, you know, we, that's the time we were able to get all of our deliverables together and make last minute tweaks to the mix and the score and, and whatnot. Some of the, some of the VFX. Um, but not for the shooting. We were done before the pandemic. Um, I think our first festival was, um, it was like June of 2020. Um, and then, um, yeah, we, was it virtual? Uh, it was probably virtual yeah, at that yeah. point. In fact, the first one, I don't even think it was like publicly seen even virtually. It was just judges. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then we signed our, our deal with Indican in December, or probably November. I think our deliverables were due in December. Um, and then, yeah, it came out in June. These things just take take a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're only going to do our, our first official film fest this weekend, or this Friday at the Shriek Fest. Next Friday. Um, we were really... I mean, it's going to be great to see all of you in person at like an event. I mean, we did have a screening of our own, which was really cool and everything. But we were really looking forward to, you know, things like this where we can all get together and kind of celebrate the film with, with the public and be a part of a festival. So that was that was a bummer not to be able to really do that with, with COVID. But we're really happy that now that, that now that's happening. So we're stoked. Everybody who's watching, come come to Rally Studios on Friday night, October first, to see the film. Yeah, it's, uh, you know it's fun to watch anything you know on your computer or on the TV, but uh, the big screen experience, and especially a festival with all you know a bunch of people who are into the same kind of stuff you are, it's a totally different uh, different experience. Yeah, the big screen is really good for this because you know, and everybody says that, yeah, but this has so much uh, information that it really um, helps to have to have those. There's a lot of graphics. There's a lot of little kind of, um, you know, tidbits of information on the website itself. And, you know, this film isn't just all on a website or on a computer right. screen by any sense, but there are, there are symbols, there are, um, you know, there are some text messages and there's just a lot going on that, that the big screen really helps you ingest. Uh, how, how about that like the look of the film with that like uh, uh like almost like the um the filters on people's faces and little things going around like uh to, to actually create all that uh, what was that process like it was piecemeal um it was just a matter of you know for the masks it was just going through instagram and looking at a lot of the kind of independent vfx artists and um you know cgi animators and even students that were were doing you know 3d and you know face filters and also you know designing char characters so we finally found a guy named jose out of mexico that did all of the masks um and then um, a company that i work with quite a bit in argentina called pattern did a lot of the compositing and they did a lot of the um the other the other vfx like the 
the gunshots and stuff like that and the um you know there's there's just so many little things right that um just kind mm-hmm. of supplements the uh any 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 live action and any actual special effects on set uh, it was hard it was hard screening the, the movie for people at first because without all that stuff in a lot of it didn't really kind of have the impact or make the make the sense that we wanted to so we had to kind of take a step back we started showing it to people and people were like what's happening so we yeah, had to take a like step a, back like a card like okay now what happens here is there's going to be a face mask and <laughs> yeah. you know it's gonna then there's going to be a like a text that says this and there's going to be a, like a ui that shows them in a, in a window here and they're just like, I don't really think we anticipated how much work and how long it was going to take to to get all those little details right. I mean, it goes by in a flash. And like I said, it's like you're watching the news or something. It's like it just seems standard, right? But no, having all the little stuff to make it feel standard is quite, quite a chore. Yeah. Uh, Richie is the director of photographer uh, photography. Uh, do you keep that stuff in mind when you're making, when you're filming the movie, like that they're going to add these things and, are, um, and how hands-on are you like afterwards on, on the effects? I mean, as far as the masks and stuff, no, uh, that was, I, I knew that there'd be these things happening, but as far as onset shooting and, and setting up shots and stuff like that, you know, that, that really didn't affect too much there. It was just more or less, we used, um, I forget, we use either six or seven different cameras on the film and each camera has its own character that goes to a character. So it was more just keeping all of that straight and, um, you know, uh, trying to sell it as real, you know, uh, as in most films, as we know, you have coverage In a film like this, you don't get coverage. So you, if you're going to have some kind of coverage, it's more or less thinking about, how how would there be coverage? How, how does it logically work? So I think that was more where, um, you know, my head was always at, you know, how do I make this, how do, how do I make this work? We are shooting a narrative film at the end of the day, but we can't do, you know, a, a wide shot over to shoulder, over to shoulder. It's, it's none of that. So it was just how do we use the camera, the way the character would use the camera to tell the story, to move it forward, and never kind of get stuck, like never paint yourself in a corner, basically. So it was, that's where my head was really during all the shooting. And as far as like masks and stuff, like I knew that kind of thing would happen, but it didn't really affect us on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ashley in the chat room, Ashley Turner says, I love hearing that you can use social media to discover and source creative talent uh, for VFX, sound effects, et cetera. That's also interesting for the movie because, you know, a lot of the movie is about social media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some some incredibly talented people on Instagram. I mean, they and they're they're getting exposure, which is great. I just I could spend so much time looking at these guys. And before Instagram, who knows? You would see stuff once in a while if you were at a museum or whatever, or like late night TV, or somebody gave you a you know a copy of something. Um, but yeah, Richie, as he was saying, we would we'd be saying, oh, wouldn't it be great to have Brian, you know, like sneaking through the house or something like that? Then we'd be like. Well, who's shooting it? You know, um, or you know, oh, we need an establishing shot of here. Well, well, who's shooting that? You know, it's like nobody would be. I mean, nowadays there's there's surveillance cameras and whatnot, but not everywhere. And you know, you don't you don't have them in like uh, like a, a basement. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could, but you know, like there comes a point where it's just not realistic where there's okay. Okay. What? You know, I've seen, you know, found footage movies like that, and it does take you out of it because you're like, well, why is it, why would this be filmed? Like, you know, it's like the person at their computer or something like, you know. Yeah, why are they filming themselves on a computer? <laughs> right, right. Or like running from somebody, you know, and like when they need their hands to defend themselves or just doing something super mundane and they're filming it. I mean. I guess. I mean, uh, there's people who film a little of everything. So, you know, we, we stretched it as much as we could, but we tried not to, to cheat. Um, but but the, the interesting thing is um, when we did principal photography, it was, um, is it September 2017? It was, like, it, was a, it was like a September, August, September. Yeah. It was a few years ago. I just don't remember what, uh, what year it was. The, the point is, when we shot it, th- these questions would be like, why would somebody be shooting this? You know, you, you're constantly asking your question, like, why, 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 how come? Now, some things like if, if it's a security camera in a restaurant, well, that makes sense. Or if a security camera at somebody's home, that makes sense. Um, but the interesting thing that has happened, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not all over social media and all that stuff. Um, and so, you know, for me, it was a little hard to be like, yeah, I don't understand why this girl's always filming herself. Like, why, why? But in the years since, it's become more and more practice. I mean, it's amazing, um, you know, whether it be, you know, what we saw, you know, with George Floyd in Minneapolis, everyone had a camera. Um, all these different events that we continue to see and everyone's filming everything all the time. So now when I watch the film, it makes it makes so much more sense actually now in 2021 than I feel like when we actually did principal photography because everyone's shooting everything all the time. And um, I, I guess that's our new reality um, in a lot of ways Especially for a demographic, right? You know, between whatever, 16 to 24, whatever. That's, that seems to be, you know, but um, it yeah, in a way it actually makes more sense to me now than when we actually shot the film that people would constantly be filming their lives 24 seven. Yeah. I'm sure if someone from 20 or 30 years ago would see, you know, Instagram today, they'd be like, why is everyone taking a picture of their hot dog and, and uh, walking into Walmart or whatever? But yeah, everyone's taking selfies and pictures of everything they eat. And well, you're I'm right. It myself sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. Like 16 to 24. Cause after that, it's like, well, no one's going to care. <laughs> why, why are you filming everything well, yeah gonna... I, I mean if you make it if you make it to 25 like you're done really I mean there's not much yeah, more yeah things. it's done it's done Stuck guys on I Facebook yeah hot dog before yeah <laughs> uh, but Barnett when you first saw the finished I assume you've seen the finished movie when you first saw the finished movie what did you think I was super stoked um Getting to, I saw it for one of the festivals. I think it was Santa Fe Film Festival. We won something there, didn't we, Delaney? At Santa Fe, we got a story. Like we were, that was the one we didn't win something, but we got we were finalists for best story. Okay, so we were nominated for something there. That's cool. Um, and um, I saw, I watched <laughs> it with some friends. We're going there when you hey, first saw. Uh huh. No, it was, I think it was feedback on something there. Go on. Um, yeah, when I um. When I first saw it, I, I watched it with some friends, and it was really good. I watched it, like, at a house on a big screen. It was great to, like, have the support of my buddies. But I got to be honest, watching it on the big screen when we had the, the screening of it, like, a, what it was, a month ago or so, there, it really does bring out, like, 
like Delaney said, all of the little nuance on the, I mean, you, when it's 30 feet wide, you see everything, you see the text messages pop up and scroll through um, there. I think there's also an aspect that kind of goes to what you guys were talking about just now with, with um, everybody on their phone constantly. Like when you're at your house watching a movie, I, we're, we're all guilty of like checking our, you know, updates and all that stuff. Yeah. But when you're in a movie theater, I mean, like they don't really tell you not to. So yeah. you're not doing that. So you're in, you're kind of enthralled, and it keeps your attention. And I really do think that having that uh, access to an audience helps. It it just does, and 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 that's probably my disappointment as well. Like Felix said, we didn't get to go to as many live, um, you know, screening events uh, just because of the pandemic. But it's cool. We still we've been doing well, kicking ass at these uh, screenings that we have had, and you know. Um, competitions we've been in so looking forward to shriek fest it's gonna be awesome yeah now alex when you first saw the the finished movie what were your thoughts yeah i, I had a similar experience to barnett i i watched it alone in my house first just because i like to watch everything that i do alone first um and yeah i was like okay this is so much different than i expected it was going to be and i had flashbacks of all the hard work that we put into it and all of like the different days on set and and then seeing it at, at the screening that we did was a hundred percent night and day difference because as Barnett said, it, it just changes the 30 foot screen in front of you. And you do get to see the details and the, the technicalities of the, the camera work and the special effects and everything. It just added so many more layers to the story. And I was blown away when I saw it on the big screen. I was like, this is absolutely amazing that, everybody came together and made this this is wonderful the filters the filters also came through awesome didn't they like the, the way it would change green filters and yeah. whatever uh, found footage cctv filters it was so much more i mean like you just really see the grain the text it's, it was great man it was awesome wonderful uh, who did the song it's uh, the opening song and then it's used uh, at least once throughout the movie Yeah, we all did. We all did. Um, I actually wrote the uh, like the lyrics for that a long time ago, and um, and then I shared it with Felix, and we recorded it with the girls, and we um, yeah, we did a few versions of it. So um, yeah, it was fun. It's a uh, it's the the soundtrack's fun too. There's soundtracks available, but it was a uh, you know like a, a lot of friends and and Felix really friends and Felix. <laughs> Felix and friends. That's a, that's a Delaney, nice Delaney brought a pretty. That song was a pretty, pretty solid idea on his part. That he brought to me, and I just kind of flushed it out and made it cool. And then, like he said, we had our our friend who had a punk band. The, the piece that I wrote was originally the the car karaoke piece, which is like electronic and kind of like modern day kind of hipster, whatever. And then we gave it to a punk band friend, and they just. Did for, they did the opening version that you hear during the opening credits, which is just incredible. I so, uh, Felix, are you and Delaney uh, working on anything uh, for the future, or any of you, all of you guys, maybe? But uh, like, uh, since you guys work together, um, not not currently. We both have different irons in the fire right now. I mean, we'd love to be able to do a sequel or do something like a series based on this, we, we think would be awesome. Um, we have a couple of other scripts that we've worked on 
this this one called Mariachi Paparazzi, which is a very funny, also similar media um, TMZ style kind of kind of kind of flick that we'd love to do someday, but we'll just wait and see. Yeah. Let's go around here. Alex, are you a horror movie fan? And if so, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Ooh. I love horror movies. Um, but I'm like a sucker for like the old ones. Like, like I grew up watching like Jeepers Creepers and like Halloween 2 and, and you know, of course, Psycho and The Thing, which is so funny that that's back there. Um, I'm... I'm not as much inclined to watch newer horror films just because I like the like the practical effects that they had back then that just always yeah, they're me. fun. But favorite? Oh, I don't know. That's hard. Maybe probably Psycho or The Thing, to be honest. Bookend by, by the yeah, both, I so I agree with this. Uh, uh, Richie, how about yourself? Uh, I'm much like Alex, same thing. I, I like the older horror films, um, the ones I kind of grew up as a kid. And I, I do like horror films, but I'm not really into the, um, you know, the, the gore kind of like, um, kind of a lot, a lot of things that we've kind of seen in the past 10 years, 15 years. So for me, yeah, it goes back to like The Shining, uh, Halloween, the original, um, Psycho as well, Rosemary's Baby, um, The Omen. Like, I like, the, you know, that kind of 68 to 84-ish. Yeah. Uh, the first Friday the 13th, second Friday the 13th, uh, first Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, and I like th- that, that, that period of time where it was really about, you know, what's kind of hiding around the corner, not so much about just, you know, blood, 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 blood. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll throw Jaws in there. I'll put Jaws in, you know, yeah. just, just the idea that it's just Building like here. there's this thing that's out there and it's just creeping and it's just waiting for you. It's waiting. You don't know when it's going to come, but it, it's going to get you. Yeah. Many people's <laughs> fear of the ocean and the water comes from, from Jaws. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Barnett, are you a horror movie fan? And if so, what are some of your favorites? I was so excited to hear you ask this question. Um <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm a gigantic horror buff. I grew up on it. My brother's a tattoo artist. He's older than me. Right. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of like um, of the pulp stuff. By the way, shout out to Old School Tattoo in Brownsville, Texas. Um, and yeah, I'd say that my, you know, growing up, I have incredible memories of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a VHS tape that was yeah. like bootlegged. That like... It really adds to whole- the, a greater man, cut of the movie totally adds to it. Oh man, and like it just that the end scene where he's just like with the chains. I mean, oh man, iconic. Um, I, on the other hand, love the blood and guts and gore stuff. I think that movies only get better when they have a cringe factor to them that make you be like, oh my god, no paper cuts in the middle of your fingernails. Oh no. Um, so I'm gonna go with like, fuck. I love Slither. Slither was so fantastic. Um. But, you know, also, I'd say, like, some of the Saw, some of the Hostel stuff, that stuff was totally new for what it was and went back into the whole element of could it be happening, kids on a trip getting screwed over. Yeah, I, I think Slither or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one, might be, like, tete-a-tete up there. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I went to see it in Boston in the original 35-millimeter print, and it was very a bad cut on Midnight. 
and uh, and it was great. And then I went to see it at the same theater when they had the restored version and digital. And it actually, uh, I, it took away from the movie. It was uh, that movie shouldn't be really clean and, and bright. Right. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and uh, some movies, it works like Phantasm. I think it worked uh, because it's a crisper movie, but there's something about a gritty cut. That's hard to see of Texas Chainsaw Massacre that adds to it. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And mine was a bootleg VHS. Didn't even have yeah. like a sticker on it. It was like, I grew up is in this 80s, real? I, I remember a lot of movies like that. Cause you like the burning was hard to get. So you'd have to get the bootleg and evil dead for a long time was hard to get. Oh, that one too. Oh man. I should have said that. Oh my gosh. And a bad cut of it really adds to the movie too. I think like a, yeah. a gritty yeah, for cut. real, for real. I liked army of darkness a lot I though. Too. For those, you know, that's I was a big Dungeons and Dragons uh, kid, so uh, seeing that was very, uh, very fun. It's like a D and D on on the big screen. What's your favorite character? Uh, uh, back in the day, I liked playing a ranger. Actually, ranger, I like yeah. ranger. Dritz Dorden, eh? Second edition D and I don't know if they good still old Dritz. Yeah. For all for all you deep deep fake fans, Dritz Dorden is a badass dark elf uh, that they wrote books up about. I recently played a bard, and it was awesome if you like doing like uh just kind of care like it was a really great member of the group like a group player yeah i'm totally talking off i'm sorry i'm all about this yeah magic users fun we have a couple years ago we did a uh a calendar for without your head and it was all classic D &D monsters it was very fun that's great that's great so the pictures if you like it was a mind flayer were you a mind flayer? There was a mind flayer in the calendar. A mind flayer and gelatinous cube and uh, a bunch of... Uh, That's my dream is to one day become a gelatinous cube. <laughs> if I ever get hit it big on the movies, I'm like, no, CGI, all of this. I like it. <laughs> when Barnett grows up, he wants to be a gelatinous cube. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Felix, uh, how about yourself? Are you a horror movie fan? And if so, do you have a favorite or favorites? Yeah, um... I I love a good scare. I mean, when I was there's there's a few movies that really scared the crap out of me. Like growing up, Poltergeist really scared me, and I really liked that. Um, and then when I got older, The Ring really scared the fuck out of me. And I and I love The Ring. I think it's so cool and and so beautifully shot. And but but my all time favorite movie in that genre is Evil Dead. You know, I I love. The, the the comedic aspect and I just that 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 movie just checked a lot of boxes for me as far as like, it wasn't you know um, it was something that I could, it was accessible for me I guess as a, as a kid you know which is a lot of reasons why I love Delaney's writing so much is that he can be so weird and creepy but also be so lighthearted and fun and, and clever and just goofy too, you know, and that when you have that sort of combination, that's to me, what, what is magical, you know? So evil dead is that top of my list. <laughs> that fits. And we'll get to Lane one second. I just want to say, uh, Ashley here says, uh, Richie is your best friend, uh, late sixties to eighties horror is her favorite as well. You know, she picks Hellraiser as her favorite. Oh, and she also oh, reads Barnett about 80s gore. She's a big fan. Yes. Winning. That's a good thing about horror, though. It depends what kind of mood you're in. Because I like a crazy gore fest. And then I also like a thoughtful, you know, thought-provoking movie like Rosemary's Baby or something. Yeah, I, I just want to say Poltergeist is a great shout-out. That, that's is. another one. That, that just, I remember seeing that. I probably saw it way too young. 
and it, it, oh, yeah. That, know, was, yeah. that tree out the window and the, the guy peeling his face off in the yeah, mirror. That's oh, so, right good. Again. so yeah. good. So good. So good. Didn't, didn't you mention the omen with, isn't that with Christopher Walken and like, it's so good. It's like, is, isn't it with Christopher Walken or am yeah, I Walken's thinking of, no, I don't think, one? I don't think Walken's in the omen. No, um, no, 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 no. Walken's in, oh my gosh. What is it? The one where he plays like the fallen angel. The prophecy. No, prophecy. That's it. Prophecy. I, easy to get. Yeah. I was trying to remember the name. Yeah. yeah no, the omen is the one of the, the baby. Yeah. The, also the first Amityville horror as well. Maybe the second one too. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so Delaney, are you a horror movie fan? And if so, what are your favorites? Yeah. You know, as a kid, I would, um, I was scared because I was a kid when I'd stay <laughs> up late and watch, uh, cable and, uh, there'd be like these really creepy commercials for uh, Friday the 13th. And it would just, you know, it'd be the middle of the night. I'd be in a, in a living room or like the little TV den alone. And you just, the whole, I remember the whole promo was just like the forest. And you just see from really far away, this guy kind of walking toward, and that scared the shit out of me. And so I never watched a Friday the 13th for a long time. <laughs> and then um, there was one summer when, um, you know, I'd been shooting a lot of stuff and I just, so I just, horror just wasn't my genre for a while. And then I just, we started shooting some zombie stuff and some, um, some other stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, these horror movies, they're all just laughing behind the scenes. Like these guys are just like having so much fun and there's such a connection between horror and comedy. And, um, so when I kind of, when that kind of clicked, I, it became one of my favorite genres because it really is, um, there's so much craft involved. And when you, there, there's, there's such a deep fan base, there's so much, there's such a gold mine of, of, of material. And, um, you know, as a genre, it just offers just the visuals alone, um, just offer so much, you know, you're, you're really getting your money's worth. Um, but, um, yeah, I would agree with Texas Chainsaw, like those kinds of movies that are that look like they were shot like on Super 8 or 16 and they, they just look like they were found. Yeah, um, there's something kind of like dirty about them, like you're not yeah. supposed to be watching. Yeah, it. even when you see like it a, like, pop up on Terrorize. Yeah. yeah, like a repertoire screening of something and see like old trailers for the, like those old kind of like muddy 60 millimeter trailers and it's just like man this almost looks like snuff it's that's that, dude, i was dude i was just gonna say that that you know the snuff feature of it there was a movie back in the 90s with nick cage called eight millimeter mm-hmm. and it kind of had uh it wasn't a horror feature well it was creepy as fuck but it really was just about i'm not sure if i should curse this much it was very creepy and uh it was uh about snuff films and about i think a detective that gets you know into figuring out what's going on and I saw there to be a certain amount of that same found footage element or not knowing where it came from element or are people going to people could easily think if they didn't see the promotion for it, that this was really something that a bunch of kids did similar in effect to something like, you know, chainsaw or um, any of those other examples um, from the eighties. Yeah. But evil dead too, I would put up there. That's just like probably, you know, that's this horror comedy. It's just so good. You know, it's like, it's just timeless. Um, and, um, you know, uh, but even newer stuff, like once in a while, you'll get something really, really good. Like, I don't, you know, maybe most people wouldn't call it horror, but like uh, green room, something like that, where it's like, 
God, this is really intense. Um, and the, the monsters are, are basically Nazis, um, but it's done very realistically. And, uh, you know, if I liked It Follows quite a bit. Um, you know, it's already been three or four years. Um, Jurassic Park's a horror movie, isn't it? I, I'm not someone who likes to argue so much, like, because some people get really nitpicky about what's horror or not. Like, whatever i, th- I yeah, think no, it's like, it's like, awesome awesome like saying fifle goes west or something right no yeah et yeah. <laughs> an american tale <laughs> yeah. oh that's delightful so like, no, yeah, um, i mean look at but if you've read michael Crichton's jurassic park like they really they, they you know they made it suitable for kids and they made it into a gigantic commercial success but i mean that jump scare factor is definitely oh, yeah. still there still dinosaurs you know? eating people it's pretty i think it's a pretty scary movie really like even i remember going to see it when i was i don't know a teenager or something and i was yeah, a scared yeah. but still you know if you did exactly. a new score yeah if you scored jurassic park differently and then colored it colored it differently and just did a little re-edit it could be pretty scary yeah uh barnett since you're since you're a gore guy i would recommend for newer movies uh terrifier terrifier yeah it's very good. All right, I'm gonna add this to my crime list. Great though, I, I haven't seen it, but it's on Shutter, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure where it is. It's probably you know, streaming somewhere, but yeah, and they're making the sequel right now. But uh, find out right now. Modern like, slasher, very gory movie. I would recommend it. Oh yeah, I see that coming with the uh, with the clown. You know what? Yes. A buddy of mine recently recently uh, told me to, to watch this. Uh, an artist friend of mine that draws a lot of clowns. And uh, yeah, I, I do. I do need to watch it. You're right. No, it's it's really it's good. I like it a lot. And uh, I was saying in the chat, I always have a soft spot for the Lost Boys, especially the oily, oily sax player. So. Yeah, they just announced the remake, right? Yeah, it's a weird. Really I don't, weird. you know. The the thing is, like, I know people are against all remakes. And I get that because a lot of them aren't so great. But if it was a remake, you know, we wouldn't have the thing because that's a remake, I, you know, the original thing. And uh, there's a lot of great remakes. You know, I think they make too many, but that doesn't mean uh, that you can't also make good ones. Yeah, we'll see when it comes out, right? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. yeah I would at least wait till, you know, there's not even a trail or anything. It's just like they mentioned it. Then they're yeah. like, no, it's going to be terrible. And it's like, well, yeah. I don't know. Let's, let's wait. It's hard when you is... have iconic cast like the oh yeah i think it's a hard so one hard to, to make but yeah detach from that so it has to better be pretty pretty fucking good yeah. is no one feldman going to be in it <laughs> it's Corey feldman. well Corey feldman and he's a frog brother you right, can't do right. this movie without a frog yeah, they, brother. i think they already yeah. announced like two different frog brothers so i mean Corey, no, no, no 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 Corey's got to be in it yeah if Corey's not in it i'm i'm picketing the film like when they redid Evil Dead, the remake, I think it was smart not to ha- just not to use Ash because you're not going to have someone who can play the character and everyone would compare it. Oh, well, so they just true. made a totally different movie. I actually like it, but it's not it's not nearly the same as the original Evil Dead. But I think it works as its own movie. Yeah, there's a few that work. Like the the Let the Right One In remake was wasn't bad. Yeah, it's weird because I saw that one before the 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 original one, so I really liked it. And then after I saw the the original, one, I was like, it's almost shot for shot the same thing. It's just in English, so you know. Yeah, yeah. If I saw him reverse, I might have a different opinion on it. Yeah, no, I loved the original, and when I announced that remake, I was like, no, but um, it was it was it was good. It didn't. It was it was gory and 
Um, they, I think they added a few, a few things, but, um, but yeah, the original. I, mean, I, I think the fly is a really great remake, yeah. you know, I mean, that was, that was in the fifties and then they, you know, did it with gold bloom and one of his most iconic roles. Um, and I like the blob remake too, the one from, I don't know if it's the late eighties, early nineties, but it, it, it's a uh, really good practical effects. Very gory. Hmm. I think it's I a, an under, to me, it's an underrated uh, remake. The blob is 88. 88. Yeah. I bet you they're going to do another blob soon. That's my, that's my prediction. Uh, I remember a few years ago, Rob Zombie was going to make it, but uh, nothing ever happened with it. That was scary as a kid. I remember that. The sounds. Oh, I just remembered a movie that really scared me a lot as a kid. It was invasion of the body snatchers. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's one that I think all the remakes of it are good. I, in fact, I think probably the, the first remake's the best version. The one with. Um, oh, I never saw any of the remakes. I'm going to have to check one, it out. Yeah, the Southern one, one is, is good. Yeah, I think the Southern one is the best one. And uh, that's the first remake. It's sort of almost a sequel in a way because it's got the guy from the original one at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The movie that creeped me out as a kid, but it's outrageous, is Wilder Napalm. Hmm, I've not seen this. And he played a clown that could control fire, and it creeped me out as a kid. But it's absolutely ridiculous. So you should check that out. It's oh. on that theater of like Evil Dead, where it's comedy meets like just creepiness, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I always think for comedy horror to to work, like the horror of it has to work. So you have yeah. to have like really cool monsters or something, or or play the play the horror kind of straight, and uh, and then the comedy works. I don't know. I think it's a very particular genre. For very. Me. And those are the two best movies, I think, to watch with an audience because there's a lot. The interaction is fun if people yeah. are watching horror or comedy or horror comedy. As opposed yeah. to a drama, you're just all sitting around crying with each other. It's not a very. There's fun. not that many horror comedies, right? I mean, The Evil Dead, The Slither. Um, then there's a bunch of obscure ones. Like there was one a few years ago called Little Monsters with. Um, right. It's from Australia. And it's a zombie movie at like a kid's camp. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. So there's a few. Exactly. Shaun of the Dead is probably one of the top ones too, but it's hard to nail that, right? Like, well, yeah. Delaney, you and I tried to watch one recently. It was kind of comedy horror here oh, at the freaky, house. Freaky. Yeah. That was freaky. Freaky with Vince Vaughn. I, yes. I did not. Yeah, I liked that. I liked it a lot. Oh, you liked it. Okay. I we, we did. Were, I like Vince Vaughn. Uh, yeah. I love it, but I didn't know. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it either. I mean, just just Vince Vaughn is like a playing a sixteen year old cheerleader was gold to me. That was that was my. They did that in um, what Jumanji, right? Way better. Jack Black did it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Jack Black does it too. Ah, I've forgotten that. Once again, you've reminded me. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I think Vince Vaughn just showed up and was like, "All right, I'm in this. What do I do? And I'm just going to be myself." <laughs> His real self is a 16 year old uh, cheerleader. Uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. His truest <laughs> self. I, I remember another one that's actually not too long. I think this one's probably about 10 years old, but um, just a, a really kind of creepy, scary one. It feels um, so real as a. It was a French, I think it's a French film that was remade here in the States uh, called Funny Games. Yeah. Um, man, that movie, that one just, I have a hard time watching that one. There's the idea of the home invasion and like, you're just helpless. It's, well, what was that one, that Australian one that came out? 
about 15 years ago about those two girls that were like hikers and then they oh, get yeah oh uh, yeah yeah the one they, they go into the cave or something they fall they wind up like on a farm if i remember correctly and they're I think, like i think it's trying wolf to get creek. what's that called i think it's wolf creek wolf creek that might wonder. be it it's, that could it's be based it. on a true story about like this guy that's kind of a backwoods uh australian guy who who captures him oh you mean yeah he- yeah they, they capture him exactly exactly they made a they made a sequel and they also made a, a short lived uh, series I think on Shutter. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it as it is, but uh, yeah, Wolf Creek. I think I think that might be it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was it. The Backpackers. Yes, exactly. That mm-hmm. shit was creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Descent is creepy too, though. Someone. Oh, the Descent. Yeah, that one always freaks me out, even before the monsters show up, because exactly that's the spelunking, <laughs> spelunking thing is not for me. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Wasn't there an element of that in As Below as well? Wasn't there yeah. a spelunking element to As Below, if I remember correctly? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen. That's not bad. That came out a couple of years ago. I think it's in, set in France, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, in the, like the catacombs, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just that just that claustrophobic feeling. I that now that's cringeworthy. I don't even. I don't know if I really like movies like that because it's like a personal thing. I don't. <laughs> yeah, think... I don't know who would want to do that uh, just for fun no. to go like underground and very tight spaces. Batman. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, not for me. So yeah. <laughs> So uh, Terrorize is going to be playing Shriekfest next week, next Friday. That's very exciting. And uh, how can how can people follow Terrorize to see what's uh, what's up with it? What do we got? Terrorize.net is our uh, is our site, and from there you can um, there's links to to rent the movie, um, rent or buy the movie, and there's also an Instagram and a Facebook. And a Twitter, and they're all variations of terrorize. Um, what is the what's the Instagram? Let me pull it up. Oh, Felix, you know, right? Putting Felix on the spot here. Felix knows. It's uh, terrorize underscore film, maybe. Yep, terrorize underscore film is the Instagram. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Felix yeah, comes through. Yeah. And we're huge on the dark web. We're, exactly. we're, we're massive. Yeah. If you go dark web, we're all over it. So mm-hmm. that's if you really want to find us. Ashley here, she's into all the, all, all those websites. I understand. You won't, you, you won't necessarily know because you have digital masks on, on the dark web, but right. it's us. Yeah. It's us. I, w- I wanted to premiere the film on the dark web, but the guys <laughs> fought me on it. I, th- I think it's brilliant. It'd be the greatest marketing thing ever. And somebody's watching this, they're going to do it. Uh-huh. But I still, I still think, you know, we need to have a much bigger presence on the deep dark web. We're going to turn it into an ATF. Yeah. Yeah. NFT. We're going to turn it into an NFT and then, you know, we'll have a, we'll have run a, it with Bitcoin. Yeah. It's going to be great. There you go. It'll be like a 90, a 90 minute long animated GIF will be the NFT version of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Felix, get working on that. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that recently, but we've already uh, sold away our rights. Uh, uh, but uh, maybe the sequel will be all NFT. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I sold away the rights to my soul long ago, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I asked Delaney and Felix about uh, what they're working on. How about yourself, Alex? You got anything in the works? Uh, I have a few things that are coming out. Yeah, I just worked on a, a project with um, uh, Alexander Ship and David Madrick. Um, it's a cool little thriller project that'll be really fun. So that's coming out soon. And um, I've had a few other movies that have premiered this year as well. So it's been it's been exciting, a fun little year of after that year of pandemic and being stuck inside, it's been a fun to like go out and be a part of these festivals now and screenings and it's been exciting. It's been a, it's been a good year. I'm very grateful. Very cool. Have yourself. You say Sorry. Go Alex, I, I, I really look forward to seeing more of Alex's work and, and Barnett's and everybody's too. But you know, Alex, his, his, his role was, was, was odd in this, in this movie. You know? And he's like this extremely handsome guy you know and i'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do next it's very nice of you to say yeah how about yourself richie he's also very handsome thank you very much um you know i'm i'm a working cameraman in los angeles so on any given day i could be on a commercial i could be doing a doc uh, interviews live music um i'm kind of all over i don't have any narrative um i have nothing narrative right now that i'm working on uh, everything short form, um, yeah, just short form work, and yeah, just working, working in Los Angeles, doing it. <laughs> there you go. And Barnett, do you have anything in the works? Uh, yeah, I got a flick in pre-production right now. It'll be uh, an opportunity that I'll um, get to flex a little bit of muscle uh, and have a lead role in it. So I very cool. Can't really tell, say too much, but yeah, something's coming up. I'll be posting about it on all my socials as well okay. well congratulations yeah. and by the way i should have asked that uh wh- where can people follow you barnett uh it's my uh my name on most socials at barnett o'hara um you can just uh look me up on twitter instagram all that fun stuff i don't really i should get a tiktok i haven't done that yet i need to join that generation a, i just joined tiktok that'll probably be at That's barnett the end of the story joined whenever whenever i get my mind will probably be at barnett o'hara too i'm not very i'm not very uh it posted a, I, I joined tiktok and posted the crate challenge video okay did you happen to see the the teenager who went missing on tiktok i did not no i i quickly honestly i had it before and i i uh deleted it because it's i don't it's not really for me but uh i posted oh. a very stupid video so i put it up on tiktok well, I think that's what it's for, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. I should do my own. I should do my unboxings on TikTok. That's that's where the that's where the gold is. The unboxing on TikTok. Yeah, that's where that's where that should go. TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's the future. Uh, Richie, how about yours? Uh, we uh, where can people follow um, you? You know, I'm only on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at the real Mister Richie. Um, just always posting up some pictures, this, that, and the other. I mean, Delaney doesn't follow me or Felix. So I, I don't, I, anybody out there <laughs> really well, shouldn't now, feel compelled to follow me. You've guilted um, them. You know, what, I, I mean, for sure. You. No, Delaney I doesn't follow. follow me. Like I'll put stuff up and then I'll be like, Delaney, how come you don't like my photos? And he's like, oh, I like them. And then like, you know, I got to get his phone. It's like, he never likes anything. And he's just yeah. like, and then, yeah, I, I've You're given up. I really have kind of given up on them. I'm, this relationship's <laughs> kind of ending after this Zoom. This was kind of my last obligated thing and I had to do. The last hurrah. And then I'm out. I'm out, guys. I'm out. We have a screening. We have a screening. 
You're the screening, Mr. Richie. What about that? Oh, that's right. I, I got to go to Streak Fest next week. <laughs> right. The nice thing about Streak Fest is I don't have to worry. You know, we don't have to think about what we're going to wear. No, that's, that's the, the week after. This is Streak Fest. Streak Fest. Streak. I thought it was Streak. No, that's this October isn't Streak Fest. Streak Fest. No, that's, no. That, that's my TikTok channel. I thought it was Streak <laughs> Fest. Oh, I, I didn't. Uh, okay. Well, this is a, a different event. Hey, I'm okay. screening. Why don't we all go streaking? Let's go streaking. Make I it. need to steam my birthday suit. I'm going. Are know. you in, Neil? Neil, you in? I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm totally in. Yeah, Come on, okay, cool. We'll yeah. do it. We're, yeah. we're going to meet at Lucy's Ella I don't know if anyone watching wants to see that, but yeah, man. Uh, it'll be great. And then you know Fest LA. If you, if you go to the if you go to Instagram, the real Mr. Richie will have photos of Streak Fest. So come check it out. You'll see all of us. You're going to see oh, all, yeah, your followers are going to go through the roof after that. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be great. All of us. <laughs> That'll be, that's, that's the real Mr. Richie right there. Yeah. That's right. Wow. And then we'll, go, then we'll go to Barnett's uh, TikTok for the unboxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's Delaney won't like any of it. Yeah. No. Delaney, <laughs> but Delaney's not going to look at any of this stuff, so it doesn't matter. He's not going to like any of at that it. Point, at that point, I will look. So. <laughs> <laughs> on the next interview that'll be his background yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> yeah. alex i don't know how you follow that now how do you follow you how, how do you follow you alex i feel like i need to change my social yeah names. it's just be like oh, you follow me at alex you know um i'll be honest i'm horrible with social media i'm super old school I, i'm not really a fan uh but i do have instagram it's mr alex miller super original I'm very creative, as you can tell. Um, Easy to find. Probably photos of there from, I don't know, like a year ago. Maybe you'd like them. It's a good hard sell. Yeah. You know, I, I really like to undersell everything that I do. But, uh, but yeah, I'm there. Don't look up Alex Miller because there's 8 million of us. So, Mr. Alex Miller. Yeah. I like it. That works. Call yeah. me Alex Miller. I like it. All right. And uh, Felix, uh, I, I, how do you follow you? Uh, my, my Instagram is Felix. You've got a great flair going on right now. I know. <laughs> you like it, Richie? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, Felix Raphael Runner. My real name is Raphael with a PH. And yeah, you can find some of my music on iTunes and Spotify and things like that. And oh, cool. you can find our soundtrack there as well for this film. The soundtrack features a lot of different artists and we have a forthcoming um, soundtrack. Well, it'll be the score, which will be just my original music. That's not quite out yet, but that'll come. But um, yeah, find our, our terrorize.net has links to all this stuff. So, oh, very good. I, yeah, well, I could have just out. ended it there. So you know, begin with. Let's go to, t- but uh, and Delaney, well, we had to wait for the yeah. flare to come. Yeah, it wouldn't have been yeah, exactly, exactly. It worked out perfectly. And Delaney, how could people follow you? Whoa, Delaney, you're <laughs> muted. Not listening to anything we're saying. I love it. Delaney, I see. This is what it's like on set in life Oops. all the time. Anyways, Alt Shift Four or something, Delaney. You're, you're muted. Still muted. Yeah, there you go. I'm uh, yeah, I'm at Delaney Bishop uh, at. At all, all, all on across all platforms. Um, D e l a n e y b i s h o p, and uh, find me there. Find me there, and um, you know, if you follow me, you can probably get to uh, Richie. So, you know, come to me first. If he, uh, 
Uh, maybe I should start doing what he does and just do followers over friends and uh, prioritize that. So um, he's got called out. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just jealous. Uh, it's a lot of jealousy that that between Neil, thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about uh, without your head. It's a it's a weekly live. Oh uh, yeah, we're live every week here Thursday nights right here on the YouTube. So subscribe and hit the little bell icon so you get all the notifications. Uh, it's been going since 2006. Really, there was one episode 2005, but since 2006, uh, tons of guests up there. And uh, we do some uh, shows throughout the week sometimes as well. But it's always live on Thursdays, and, and sometimes other uh, interviews will pop up. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, and we'll see. in is. production of my first feature film that was put on hold during the pandemic, but it's it's back up right now. So hopefully next Tell year. Tell us be- about that. What's that? What's that about? Uh, the Once in Future Smash, starring um, Bill Whedon and Michael St. Michaels from The Greasy Strangler. And it's, oh, nice. uh, it's a uh, mockumentary. Maybe I shouldn't have said them. It's a documentary about uh, two <laughs> actors who, uh, who played uh, the killer in the 1970s slasher film Endzone 2. And then they're at a festival a convention for the first time 50 years later. And we, that we filmed that uh, last year at Mad Monster Party. Oh, cool. Lots, awesome. of, lots of cool horror people are also involved. John Dugan from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, uh, Dan Yeager from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, and uh, a lot of other cool people. Wow. Right. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. And we'll see you at the Streak Fest? And you will see me at the Streak Fest, yes. <laughs> I will make my appearance, yes. We'll all have digital fil- filters on our faces, though, so it'll just be neck not, down. Not just face for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's rich. Rich. <laughs> it's been very fun. Yeah, it's been Thanks fun so much that. for having us. Yeah, yeah. great. Thank you, Neil. Terrorize, and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, I want to see a big turnout for Terrorize next week at Shriekfest. Oh, yeah. Great. And I'll see I look forward to seeing all you guys there. Yeah. What was that, Delaney? Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see everybody there. I'm not sure about Lucy's anywhere. I drove by yesterday, and it's not really that close. I thought it was, like, right there, but it's, like, three blocks away. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's not at, that far. It's, not it's that at far. Rally it's Studios. Yeah, it's, right? it's literally right there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's walking distance. I've stumbled. Here's a, Delaney and I are currently um, listening to a podcast uh, called Blank Check. And um, so shout out to the guys at Blank Check. They're doing a great job. Really, <laughs> they need my validation. But um, speaking of Rally Studios, they were they're doing this John Carpenter run right now. And Assault on Precinct 13 was shot there at Raleigh. Oh, oh, so, yeah. So there's, a, there, there's our tie-in. To, to what? I don't know. The fact that we're listening to a podcast. <laughs> been thing right makes now. sense, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. Yeah. Six it makes as much Bacon. sense as Delaney's background. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, what is, is, that a, is that a thylacine? Is that, <laughs> that's, or what? From am, that's from I Am Legend. <laughs> Did you see I Am Legend? Yeah. I've never seen. Is that Will Smith? Yeah, it's a Will Smith. Uh, no, what, is he in the photo? Yeah, he's yeah. Not, that's what's been he's on the, being on the attacked ground. by the mutant dog, I believe. By a zombie dog. That must have been a really rough day of photography, I'll tell you. <laughs> as, as an actor, I would have not. I, 
that doesn't look fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's it worse. I mean, uh, yeah, this site has all kinds of like uh, making of like for VFX stuff mostly. Um, but yeah, that's uh, then there's this. Ooh, like, ooh. I enjoyed that. Like last last Friday night. <laughs> that's, that's what two toilets facing each other, and these two guys are uh, staring. <laughs> the toilet, so you can two toilets, so you can have a staring contest. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like the, that's the sequel, Upper Decker, the <laughs> Upper Decker Two. Upper uh, Decker, the, the face off, dueling <laughs> Upper Deckers. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way to end the, the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, Ending on a high note. I can't, I can't, I can't come up with. We can't. I, yeah, I'm trying, but no. <laughs> Nothing beats an upper decker. All right, no, there you go. No. Robert Budzinski. We'll sh- give him a shout out again. He'll be very happy with this episode. Bye. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby in the upper decker. Let's Bobby in his upper decker. <laughs> Hey, we're, we're silly. Hey, this is Frank Rizzo. I'm calling for Bobby Bozinski. Yeah. <laughs> I got an upper decker here for you. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. It's been very fun. I hope to talk to you guys all again sometime. Yes. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night, Ned. Thank you. Guys. you Peace. Peace. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have listened. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming at night. Mostly they're coming at night. Mostly they're coming at night. Mostly they're coming at night. Mostly. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're